Hey y'all, welcome back to Shades of Brilliance. I'm your host, Sierra Venable, and happy Valentine's Day. Happy V-Day. Y'all, I know this episode is dropping like before Valentine's, but I'm already in V-Day spirit. I should say really quickly before I go into this, I am re-recording this episode. When I first edited, uploaded, recorded this podcast, I was in such a bad place. Um, I've come back to London. I've been grappling with, you know, jet lag and so many different dynamics. My master's program is great, but it's very competitive. And that competitive energy is really hard for me to deal with. So I have just been very much like in the toilet, like spiraling over if I was ever going to have friends, if I was ever going to like be happy again. And so when I recorded this episode, which I wanted to be so upbeat and happy and lively, it was so like, and love doesn't exist. Like (laughs) I was just so like had been internalizing too many things that were not mine. So I'm actually going to re-record it because genuinely I'm just, this is an act of like taking that energy back, taking that power back and putting that other negative juju like back where it came from. So here's what we're going to do for the Valentine's podcast episode. First things first, I do an intro. So I'm going to share a little bit about my life. We're going to do current events and then we're going to get into the question of the day. Um, Let's do a little intro, shall we? I feel like, oh my God, you guys, January was really, 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 really tough. Like there aren't enough reallys, you guys. Um, I was grappling with my self-esteem, like so heavy. And I'm convinced that it's just because I was internalizing so many different vibes and like could not tell anybody's intentions. I was just like, what is going on? Like, I just couldn't get my bearings. And when I feel like I don't, I'm stepping out into the unknown with like an unsettled foot or like on shaky ground. Oh my God. Of course, anybody would feel unstable. Anybody would feel like the world that they know is crumbling. And so I went through all of that. Um, I'm a cancer rising. Apparently we were ending or have ended a um, 15 year cycle. 15 year cycle, you guys, that's huge. So, um, so yeah, (laughs) I'm like, so yeah, so it's, it's, it has everything to do with relationships, codependency, um, so many themes like that with this cycle that cancer risings ended. And I believe it because I really was feeling that star, I don't know, the universe, the, the planets were moving and I was feeling it. Um, because it was deeper than like a Mercury retrograde because you certainly when Mercury, I guess is in retrograde, I feel very like all over the place. Like you miss the bus, you, you know, you make little small dumb mistakes. This was like deep emotional pain and I was just releasing, like I cried every day for a week. And so it was just like, I knew it was a big release. And so I let it happen, but now I'm back. Okay. Because I'm not going to entertain this idea that like my self-esteem is out in the abyss. My self-esteem is right where I know it is with me. And I'm not going to like let that happen again. Like, I don't know. I think it's natural though in life that things throw you off. And so you have to like adapt. I think that's what life is. It's just kind of like, Ooh, that threw me off. Okay. I got to get back on the wagon or I got to do this or I got to do that. Um, so I've been easing into this year into January, very easy because I was like, well, I don't want to overwhelm myself. But turns out I was ready. 
turns out I was ready for all the new things. I was ready for all the new good energy. And so, yeah, I'm taking it. I'm not going to ask for permission. Hey, can I have a good vibe right now? Can you like let me thrive? No, I am thriving. And if that bothers you, then we just shouldn't be around each other. That's the energy. And if you heard me, and if you heard this episode that I've since deleted a week ago, you would be like, these are two different people because it was. The person I was last week was not the person I am right now in this moment. And so, yeah, end of story. That's the update. That's the intro. Let's go on to some current events. Um, First off, how do we feel about Valentine's Day? Let's talk about that because I love V-Day. It's always been the best energy for me. Um, And look, not even in like a romantic way, but in like a I just love love kind of way. I'm a very optimistic person and I love the idea that like love exists all around us. It's not this thing that we have to go chase with men or with like a romantic partner. If anything, I know so much about love from like my mom, you know, you know, good friends. Like I've never, I'm not gonna say I never needed a boyfriend because that would be a lie. Um, but I think, I don't know, I've never really felt this overwhelming pressure to like be in some kind of committed relationship. I'm thankful though, that my mom did not prioritize that. I feel like I had a very chill mom who was like, you know, you don't need to be dating right now. She let me date. Like she let me have my experiences, but she was just like, at the end of the day, you know, you're, you're 20, you're 18, you know, whenever she was just like, there's no like end goal of marriage, you know, like you can live the life that you want. And so I've never felt this overwhelming pressure to get married. Obviously, biologically, as a woman, I think our hormones or I don't know what happens genetically, chemically, like I don't know, but I definitely feel this like baby fever, not because I want a baby, not because I want to have a husband right now, but because it's like my body's like, okay, let's come on, like, let's drop the egg and let's go, which is crazy. Like, leave me alone. (laughs) Leave me alone for a minute. Okay. Okay. Cause the world is 1000% going through way too much for me to even think about like bringing a child into the world. So anyway, I'm on a high vibration. I think that's what love is. I think love is a high vibration and that's all you really need. I don't know what my plans are for V-Day. Um, I do want to get my nails done. So I probably will do that for myself. And then I've been needing, you know what y'all I've been needing to scrapbook. I've been needing to get back in the old scrapbook and like put my new London memories away, you know, or like recap my scrapbook on those things because I turned 22. So that's got to be a big page in the scrapbook. If you're new here, I scrapbook my twenties. It's like the best, most oh, incredible form of self-care. Um, yeah, I don't care how busy I get. I make it a point to do my scrapbook. And I've actually, this is the longest I've gone without scrapbooking, which is huge because it's really, really important to me. It's like the one thing that I would grab in a fire. So I highly recommend if you're a lover girl and you need some activities on your hands. Um, but anyway, current events, I'm like, what, what is going on? First off, everyone is, um, crucifying Taylor Swift in the media because, uh, honestly, I'm sorry, maybe, it's valid. You know, she has so many carbon emissions. Have you guys heard that? (laughs) Taylor Swift alone had like so many carbon emissions because she was flying on private jets to go see Travis Kelsey. Like I honestly can't with that. Mm, That's crazy. Um, like really, really crazy. Cause hers were like really bad. It wasn't just like, Oh, 
a few extra flights. It was giving like, girl, stay put. (laughs) So I don't know. I think that's very interesting. Don't even get me started. I want to keep this episode like happy and upbeat, but I do have a weird feeling about her and Travis. Not that they're not made for each other, that they're not a good couple, but just that they deserve each other. That kind of energy. Um, If you're unaware, Travis Kelsey was dating the baddest of all baddies, Kayla Nicole. And she is just such a, I, I don't even know her, but I know that she's a good person. And she like had her own career. She had her own lane. And I don't know if that intimidated him or what, but like, it's the fact that he never proposed to her. Like it just never worked out. And then popped up with Taylor Swift. Every black woman knows what that feels like when you are like, oh, here's this really great guy and you're like wonderful. And then when you break up, he's back with not only like a white woman, but like the epitome of like what it means to be European. Like every, every European feature that could exist in like one person, which is not a bad thing. If you're white, blonde, blue-eyed, wonderful. Like that's awesome for you, but you have to acknowledge that there is an immense amount of like privilege that exists around that. Actually, I don't even know why I'm addressing those people because I don't think they listen to my podcast. And the reality is, um, I can't educate everybody on privilege. Like that's not my lane. So anyway, moving on, (laughs) moving on. That reminds me because Part of today's segment or today's actual topic is going to be why the hot girls are actually at home journaling. Um, I really need people to soak that in. And I want to help, I'm hoping that I can help validate women in that because oof, I've been talking to all of my girlfriends and they're all kind of down bad about a guy right now, which is typical. I mean, when are women not down bad about a guy? Um, it kind of seems like the yin-yang of how life works. Before we go into all of that, the question of the day that nobody asked because I'm tailoring the question to answer or to fit with the theme of today's podcast, what is your favorite rom-com? So I'm going to try to rank my rom-coms in order from first. Let's do one through five. Um, so first off, I think my favorite rom-com of all time is Clueless. I'm not sure if Clueless is always considered a rom-com. It is all-time best movie, like Clueless, hands down. Then I would go with 13 going on 30. That doesn't even need any extra comments. Like, we've all seen that. It's incredible. I would say number three. Mm. What's number three? Hmm. I'm looking at a list right now, so I'm trying to figure out like what my answer is going to be as I scroll through the list. How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days. How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days. That's such a good film because she's like trying to like get him away from her and then he ends up like falling in love with her. And of course, it's a rom-com. So it's like, oh, he loved me from the start, you know, that whole thing. Um, Actually, yeah, I would say that one's number three. I actually love When Harry Met Sally. I would say that's number five, though. Like, that's not, I'm not going to put that in number four. What is another good rom-com? I feel like I'm, I'm going to think back about this in a few weeks and be like, I missed this rom-com. Um, I don't know. Let's just do top four then. Because nothing else I'm seeing is really giving. I would say Clueless is like my all-time favorite. 
Um, I actually don't like Mean Girls. Fun fact. I'm not sure if Mean Girls is like considered a rom-com. I guess it's kind of like a chick flick. Um, I don't like Mean Girls. I mean, listen, it's a good movie to watch once or twice, but this whole thing about, oh, I don't know. There's just so many issues that I find with it culturally. It's like a, a bad Barbie. I don't know. I just don't really vibe with the script that well. So I know everybody's like, I love Mean Girls. I've never really loved it. And it's not because I have not been a messy in a messy girl group in a messy trio. It's just that I, um, I see through a lot of those like dog whistles, honestly, and I'm not vibing with Regina George. Like, honestly, she's rude, like very much giving rude. So yeah, that was the question of the day. I'd love to hear you guys' rom-coms. I, um, actually don't watch a lot of movies, but when I do watch movies, it is almost always a rom-com. The Wedding Planner, that's such a good movie. Actually, The Wedding Planner is probably number four. So, yeah. Okay, y'all. Let's go on to the topic of the day because I have a lot to say this Valentine's Day. Okay, so I don't even know where to begin this segment of the podcast. I gave myself a lot of time to talk here because I this is just wild. So I just moved to London. And actually, I should start off with a lot of people ask me how the dating is like in London. And really, it's my American friends because Americans have over romanticized this like European culture. And I guess the UK really isn't Europe. Culturally, I don't. Yeah, I think it's like different. Um, And they also left the EU. So I don't know if that's like a part of the cultural differences. But um. Americans have projected this idea that like Europeans are just so in love and like, I guess, yeah, like in some ways, but it's so different that I can't even articulate it. Like there's no real way that I can go there with, I haven't like assessed enough, but what I will say is living in a walkable city has a huge advantage to dating and to dating culture. Um, People are constantly on dates. People are swinging by on the tube. And then it's easy because if you need to leave, you just get back on the tube and you go home or you go meet your friends. Like, I mean, London is huge. So it's not as easy to like meet a friend if you're going like across town. But like, certainly you could exit the date situation. Now in LA, you're spending your entire night on that date because by the time you drive to the restaurant, that's your night because you're stuck there now, right? Like to get back on the freeway, now your night's over, right? So like dating culture there just doesn't exist. It's all apps. Um, I do have friends that are dating in LA and I don't know how they found like decent stand-up men because it's just crazy to me. Like, oh God, don't even get me started. Um, So I would say dating culture in London is like New York where again, it's very city. So you can pop in, you can pop out. But I would say in London, it's better. At least it seems that way. There, it seems like there's more dignity and respect. I find that American men are just a little bit more violent, honestly. Um, violent meaning that they are like hunting prey. I've told my European friends this. American girls are celibate. <laughs> like The girlies in the U.S. are celibate because Roe versus Wade has been overturned. That was the legislature or the law that basically said women in the United States do not have rights to abortion, or actually the law made it legal for each state to decide um, how they wanted to go about abortion laws. So a lot of states have decided that it's just completely illegal. Um, 
and it's it's horrific. And so that obviously has cut access to birth. Um, you haven't said birth. Yeah, birth planning, birth control, Planned Parenthood services that Americans had um, that were a cornerstone for just not even just like um, like birth control, but just like feminine uh, like health, you know. And so it's just really, really dystopian. And so this idea that like you get on an app and a guy hits you up. Like American girls are just like, that's not worth my time because if I don't have access to birth control and like care, like the proper care that I need for my reproductive system, why would I just be letting any man do whatever he wants? So I'm loving that for the US girlies. I'm not going to lie. I feel like it's such a good way to like reclaim power because patriarchy loves to just drench us in this idea that like we all need men we all need boyfriends we all need somebody and like i'm i'm really at this place you guys where i'm like i don't need anybody to complete me like if somebody comes along and is great in my energy and we just have a fun time great let's be friends like i'm not even at the place where i would like dive into a relationship like we let's be friends and so that's what I think today's episode is about. One, I we've got to go into the whole friendship thing. Um, I realized that in the last episode where I was just a blubbering mess about um, so many things about just that were changing in my life, things I was having to realize about codependency. I um, have really struggled with codependency uh, for a lot of my relationships where I have this idea that like, when I meet somebody, we're best friends forever in my head. I'm already at your wedding in my head. I've already, um, I already can't wait to see your children. Like I'm already like embedding myself in your life, which is not healthy. And so I've had to really like work hard to like pull back, especially when the energy is not being reciprocated. And you notice those things early in the relationship, not just with men, but with friends, with jobs, with anything in life that is new you learn those like red flags early, early, early on, and you have to move different. It's not that you can't ever be friends. It's not that you can't ever date them. It's just that right now, something I'm seeing does not jive with me. So I've got to step back. I went through a big round of that and going through that in the UK, basically isolated, like I am so far from home. I am so far from family. Like I'm really on my own. And I think that's what pushed me to make the choices that I needed to make because I was like, I cannot look back on my time in the UK and think, what a waste, you know? So it's kind of like this weird YOLO thing that I'm living here where like, you only have one life. Like you only live once, literally. And I think there's some there's like a a time stamp on my time in London. Like my I have a visa and it does expire at some point. And so I, I mentally it's like wow, you've got to live this up and like really be in this. And if you're in this anxious, stressed out, numb, that's not going to work. And so I feel better. I will say though that um something that I love about Valentine's Day is Galentines. I've always been a Galentines girly always. I have cared more about Valentine's and friendships, like real connection with like good girls, you know, 
not good girl as in like that kind of societal messaging, but you know what I mean? Like just women that like are doing something, being something. And I think what has gotten me in trouble with friendships is that I see the good in people and they don't even see it themselves. So it sets up this really weird dynamic where like I'm seeing who they really are but they're not operating in that place. And so then it's just like really, really weird. I don't know. It can be really hard. And so I'm in this like Galentine's girl power and they're like, eh, whatever, you know? So the energy is not like reciprocated. And that is like, it literally hurts me more than like a breakup with a boy. Like, like I can't, it's just so painful. And I know that like everybody has gone through a friendship breakup. Those are very painful, but it's even worse when it's like dating to meet friends. Does that make sense? Like not even just romantic dating, but like friendship dating. That is like, in my opinion, 40 times harder than finding a boyfriend. Because here's the thing. The second the guy does something that's weird, like scratch his ass in front of you, you don't have to pick up the phone again. And like, it's so easy for me to like mentally cut that off. I don't know why I'm not mentally at the wedding with men. I'm at the wedding with girls. Like I'm picturing myself as your maid of honor. Like, no, no, it really is an illness. Like why, why am I over assuming my role in your life? Like, it's actually really sad when I think about it because that matters more to me. But what it is, it's a big thing. Look, women are there for each other when men are not. I know so many women, so many women who have gotten divorced, who have broken up with their boyfriends, you know, whatever situation that a man left them in, and they always had their girls to fall back on. That is what I care about. The village, not having the bestie to tell things to. Girl, He's going to propose to me. I can feel it. That's my biggest fear. And that's like my thing right now in life is friendships. I'm not in a relationship place. Um, I don't imagine I'm going to be. I imagine that I'm going to be in like a friendship space for a while. So that's just, that's that. And I feel like I should clarify that because it's okay if you're in that place too, but it's also okay if you're in like a, I want a man because I get that. I get that. I have moments where I'm like, Ooh, I kind of want a boyfriend. And I'm like, but why? But why? Like, I don't know. Sometimes I'm just like, that isn't, it's not hitting. I don't know. It's like everything I I want in a partnership with a man, I realize is more about companionship that I'm like, oh, I definitely could focus on that in my friendships first and then go for like the love thing later. I mean, look, I'm open to anything, but I do feel like I'm not as focused on romantic love, specifically because you guys, I mentally was like, I am going to try to not fall in love until I'm 25. Like I need my prefrontal cortex to like wrap up before I like fully commit to men because until my brain is developed, I'm just not going to trust myself, honestly. Um, And so I'm okay with like not having experience or whatever else society says that you need, because a lot of that is just white feminism, which is basically just a glorified capitalist version of patriarchy. (laughs) So it's like, okay, um, let's set that to the side. But what I want to talk about today, moving on from both of those topics, is the hot girls that are at home on the weekends. So many of my gem friends, like my friends that like 
they walk into the bar and like all attention is on them. And it's rare. I will say that that is definitely for my black friends. All of my black friends, we walk into any bar, any club, any function, and the attention is on us. Um, and that's what I think is the hardest about developing deep connection, connective relationships or connections with white women is that we are socialized so differently. Like I've had friends where like when I walk into the bar or whatever, I'm like cringing from all the attention and they're jealous. <laughs> and you're just like, wait a second, what? Um, and it's awkward because like I don't I used to be in this place where I used to think I don't want attention. I don't I don't want people to look at me. Like I just want to walk in. No, no, now I'm like embrace it. Embody it. Because that's natural. Like you don't have to just accept anything from anyone just because you're a goddess. So I've mastered the art of like looking at guys, but not even really looking them in the eye like just ignoring them fully. And I don't know if that's like a good strategy. If you're like looking for a connection with a man, you might want to like look them in the eye and just like at least wave back or something <laughs> because I'm not very inviting with them. I very much just like ignore them. Um, what I will say is that there's something about being a black woman where we just are magnetic. We have this magnetic magic that cannot be understood, expressed, articulated. If you have it, you have it. If you don't, you don't. I find that a lot of black women have it. And it's because my theory is we are like society's nurturers. Um, not that we wanted to be that or that we signed up for that role, but I think in a lot of ways, the love that we have to give transcended so much pain that it's like real, real love. Um, the fact that black women used to breastfeed white children is insane to me. Like that kind of nurturing that kind of love doesn't go anywhere. And I get that it was forced. I'm not saying that it was how sweet they they voluntarily breastfed the white babies. That's not what I'm saying here. What I'm saying here is in this transactional, like white supremacist culture that we live in, there is something to um the the love of the black woman as the caregiver. And I cannot even imagine the torture that that was to go to work and care for white children and not even be able to see your own kids. I can't imagine that. And I think that there is a power in that. I think black women have always been able to um, manage some level of domestication. I don't think domestication is the right word, but like um, sexism. You know, we took sexism and said, you know what? We're going to do it all. I have to work, right? Because we've never been at home, right? Like historically, we were enslaved. We 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 were not in the home. Now, you know, I see black women that are thriving as stay-at-home moms. But like historically, we've always had a bag. We've always had to. We've always had to work. So, for on top of the working, to also be, you know, crawling through the middle of the night to see our children and to make them a meal. Black women really can do it all. And so I think that it's just innate. I do. I think it's just like an innate thing that not everybody has access to or should have access to. And so we have to vibe differently. I noticed that that's a huge thing. Like with the rom-coms I was saying earlier, a lot of those rom-coms are just like pick-me girls. I hate to say it. They're pick-me girls. The girls that like were told that they can, they can get a man like, like that. And I think that's great if that works for you. I'm not trying to crap on you, but at the same time, if you're a black woman and you're like beating yourself up for like not having the right amount of experience or, 
you know, I haven't had this many sexual partners yet. And you're looking around at your peers who have, are on dating apps and they've like done, you know, 8,000 different things that you never even tried. Like, let them, like, that's their path and that's probably their social conditioning. Not that it's a bad thing. I just think it's different. Um, so all I'm going to say here is you're not crazy. Like, the amount of times I thought something was wrong with me because I wasn't, like, openly ruining my weekend for a man, it actually saddens me. Like, I know a lot of incredibly dynamic, talented women who have um, let men drain them to no end. And I've been there. Look, I've been in a draining relationship. Um, and this not only goes for romance, but also for friends. I've had draining friends. I've had a lot of experiences like that where you have to practice boundaries. But like with men, it's so different because it's this like biological thing. Like you open up your soul to them in a way when you open your legs you know, and that's something that I, I don't think everybody has to accept. Like if you don't value that in your life, then don't pick that up from me. But I've realized that in order for me to stay in my power, I've got to recognize what it is. And so it's not that all we are is sex, but, and we live in a culture that says that that's what we are. And so it has to be like an active protest to like have self-respect in whatever way that looks. Um, it's not just about celibacy um, because it's not reality or like realistic for a lot of people, which I fully understand. Um, but finding some level of self-respect and sticking to that, whether that's self-care, whether that's um, going to the gym, I don't know, like whatever it is that you do for you, I think that's important, especially if you're actively out in the trenches with dating like don't be afraid to take breaks like you're not missing anything um i think i i'm one of those people that's naive i do believe that good men exist i just think that when you're in your early 20s they don't like who they are a lot of men hate themselves from the ages of like 18 if not earlier to 25 like they're in the trenches they don't have any money you know, like they're just not where they want to be. And I think a lot of men take on this like financial thing with women where they feel like they have they have to earn her by being like financially responsible. And so there's a lot of men that like are just not going to approach you because of that. They're scanning you in a, you know, adjusting and going, oh, I can't afford her. So let them go away. Like, don't try to hold on to them and say, wait a minute. Like, let him, he's, he doesn't feel like he's ready for you. So let him go away. You know, I think men do this by ghosting. They do this by, um, by telling you, they'll tell you, God, you're just, you're too good for me. Ooh, let that be what it is, you know, or even the guys that are kind of weird. Like, um, I've had a lot of guys try to play like friend with me. And in my mind, we are friends. Like, I'm not even going to, question anything more than that. And this is why I think the friendship stage of dating, at least for me, is crucial. Because if I don't like you, I can't love you. You know, like, I think liking somebody is really important, like just liking who they are as a person. And obviously people change. So like, you have to be open to that. But like in the beginning of the relationship, if you don't like them, if you don't like being around them, then like, why are you there? You know? So anyway, I have a lot of guys who try to approach me like a friend, you know, and they'll be like, 
oh, hey, how's it going? You're my buddy. And I can totally see that they like me sometimes before they know it. Do you know what I mean? Like I can see sometimes like it's crazy because I can see when the light bulb goes off because men are very uh, one track, you know, like I don't know that they can multitask, at least mentally like women can. So it's crazy when you have a guy friend and then the light bulb clicks and then you just like can't be friends anymore. That sucks. I've had so many um, experiences like that where it's like, okay, something a little bit more is happening here. So we just can't be friends. Because what I don't do is slide from friend to situationship. No, 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 no. If you're infatuated with me, if you're, if we're friends, then you've got to still put in the energy to become a boyfriend. Like I'm not going to just, we, we were friends forever. We were friends for 10 years. And then like, I don't do that whole rom-com thing where like we're friends forever. And then he dates somebody, I date somebody. He, no, 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 no. If you're if you have a girlfriend, if you're pursuing somebody, pursue them. So I will cut off the relationship with men because I sometimes think like it is it is impossible to have a platonic relationship with men because like I said, if they have any feelings for you or if they are getting their feelings caught up in something about you, because sometimes it's not that they like you. They are your friend, but they are maybe missing somebody or they're missing a part of themselves or they want to feel like the king again. So they want this new thing that has nothing to do with you, you know? So you got to be careful because I've noticed that too, that like a lot of guys will just slip from friend to like lover real quick or so, or, or like a boundary will be crossed. Like they'll, they'll hold someone's hand or they'll touch someone in a weird way. Cause it's just like, they're trying to be like, Oh, I actually like you. Mm-mm. You don't get to have both slices of the pie. I, I just am not down for a double dip. So anyway, that's my two cents on that. But I've had a lot of guy friends where I just, it's like, oh, we're not friends. Like you like me. So we're going to have to just break this off. You're dating somebody, go date her. Like go, like fully experience her. Why would you ever, I don't know. I just, men are so messy. It's crazy because we say women are messy. Women are just so emotional. Men are messy. They're so messy. Like, Ooh, as a Virgo, as a Virgo son, I should be more specific. I don't like mess. And so I just have never been down for that. But um, but yeah, I think something that is dawning on me as I talk to more of my black friends and just like my my friends in general, like a lot of my um, you know, my girlfriends and at UAL in my master's program, we're all getting our master's degree. Like that already weeds us out of so much of the dating pool. Like having an, a master's degree, like having ambition, like having a lot of drive. So what's funny is I talk to them about like their dating life or whatever. And it's crazy because they're all in this place where they're like, I'm either not getting attention or I'm getting like the worst kind of attention. And I will say that that means you're a baddie. That means you're you have some kind of divine, like feminine gift. And for black women, we've been conditioned to believe that we're just like masculine. That's all we are. That's not true. A lot of my black friends are very feminine and are very, it may not look the way society wants it to look, but they are very feminine. And men know this. They will gaslight themselves into thinking that, oh yeah, black women are just so masculine. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Real men are obsessed with that in my experience. 
they are obsessed with a black woman who knows who she is and knows what she wants. So that those that pool of men is probably not under the age of 25. And that pool of men is just not ready, right? Like it's such a wifey material. And I hate to say that because I don't want to make everything about being a wife. Like I don't think that that's what life is about personally for me. But I'm like, I am not afraid. I, I'm not worried about finding a husband. I'm not worried about meeting the love of my life. Like that's coming for me. I can feel it. But I know that mentally it's not happening anytime soon because I'm like, I'm 22. Like what kind of guy is going to be secure enough to be with me now? Like I don't babysit men. Like, so I mentally am like, that's coming down the line. Like I'm not even, I'm not even putting myself through any pressure because I'm like, he's coming. Um, and it's just, it probably won't be right now. And so I feel like that's a good way to think about things. If you want to find somebody that would respect you and would support you, I feel like that's really important to like have patience for what you're really, really, really looking for. Because the second you start putting energy into doing things or trying to be, you know, you start modeling the wife before you're a wife, it just gets messy. And I don't even want to get really controversial with that because I know a lot of women, like, they live with their boyfriends before they're married or whatever. And, like, if that's a personal choice, fine. But, again, as a black woman, considering what we experience in society, like, just the amount of gaslighting we go through, it doesn't make sense for me to not get the full advantages of commitment, right? Like, no, no, there does need to be a ring. And if the ring isn't here and within two to three years – we need to take a break and reassess if what's going on here, you know, because there isn't time to waste in terms of, you know, finding your guy, finding the one. Um, so, yeah, I, I I don't know. I'm just so anti women accepting men draining them. So many of the women that I know that are ambitious and smart and creative and strong, they're letting men just walk all over them. And it's not. I mean, this is my friends all over. This is LA. This is like so many of my friends. And it's crazy because it's like, I've gotten to the point where I realized that men cannot hold them back. I used to fear that like, ugh, he's going to just hold her back and choke her down. Mm-mm. They can't. They can't hold you back. And that's actually the problem. I think that was a fear. Like we used to be such a fear-based society, but we're living in the darkest point. Like we're living through the darkness now. So fear doesn't work anymore. It's the same thing in, with like dating and relationships. Like when you've seen how many women have experienced God knows what in their marriages and they're getting on TikTok, they're getting on the internet and explaining it, it doesn't like fear doesn't motivate anymore. So men are having to actually like clean their act up a little bit, you know, if they want to have relationships, if they don't want to die alone. I see a lot of men who overestimate their potential in the dating pool. So they're 50 and 60 years old on podcasts talking about, well, I, I want a girl that's like 25 because all the 40 year olds that I know, basically the women their age, they don't have it together yet. Uh, the call is coming from inside the house. How are you 60 years old? You've never had a committed relationship. Okay, I'm not even talking about marriage because marriage is not necessarily this societal marker of a good person. I'm talking about a committed relationship. 
Like one person that you you saw and said, this person is worth investing in. So how can you say it's all women that are the problem and then you want to go prey on young girls? No. No. Mm-mm. That's not good enough for me. So like that's a trend I've noticed. Like I've, I just, I don't know, I keep seeing a lot of content with like old men that are like, women are not anymore. They don't cook anymore. Because I guarantee you they've had three previous long-term girlfriends who would give them the moon and the stars and they just weren't willing to see it. So, you know, that sucks. But um, I think, <sighs> ladies, we're going to have to start disengaging. You know, that's not my business. Not my circus, not my monkeys, right? The second he does something that gives you the ick, you've got to really ask yourself, look, <laughs> is he the one? Because I feel like you would know. I've never had that feeling, but I feel like I would know if somebody was the one for me. It's got to be like an innate, uh, intuitive thing. And the girls say, when you know, you know, even if it's it's not the relationship that's going to last your entire life. I think we put a lot of pressure on like forever and ever and ever, you know? Sometimes people come into your life for a season. Sometimes you marry them because maybe you were brought together for the kids and for a good life. And then, you know, you realize that you grew in two different ways, two two separate ways. And so you move on. And so like, you're allowed to keep reinventing yourself, right? But to date from this place of fear, like I've got to find the one. I uh, uh, God knows when you get attached, when you get attached emotionally and physically to somebody. um, Yeah, it's really hard to hear the truth because it's just like, I've already envisioned the wedding. <laughs> so I'm not one to talk. Look, I'm one of those girls, which is why I am so intentional about dating and about relationships right now, because I'm like, they matter so much to me that if I'm not intentional about them now, I'm going to have the same issues later in life when I want to set my life up now. I don't want to be looking back on my 20s thinking, oh my God, I was with that guy and then that guy and then that guy. You know, like that to me would be miserable, honestly. And I think um, with my upbringing, you know, I didn't have a lot of pressure, like I said, to date and to find the hubby and to find the the one. My mom was very um, decentered from men in a way. Um, and I, I don't want to go all into that because that's her story. That's her life. I'm not going to go deep into that. But like I just saw somebody who had a life outside of what society said life had to be. And, um, and so, and also when you are raised by a single parent, you see the horrible treatment that society, um, puts on single moms as if we're not completely dysregulated because men need regulation. Like so many of these emotional, uh, breakdowns, I think, in society are because men are very, very disjointed right now. And they have been for a long time. They come from men of men of men who were at war, who never processed that, who never had to sit down and absorb the reality of anything. You know, they had to just go into patriarchy and move on. That is, that's tragic for any human being, not just for men. Like, I think a lot of societal breakdown stems from that kind of the lack of that paternal love. It's like we're in deep absence of it. I wonder sometimes would war exist if men 
um, had gone to therapy? No, seriously, though, because what is the point? I don't think there is one. They keep finding a reason to destroy the world. You know, because what? So you can say, I did it. I was the one who destroyed the world. Like this competition, whatever goes through their mind is wild to me. Um, So with that being said, you know, I think having a single parent, you see the worst parts of patriarchy because everybody is so quick to label your mom, label your parent, label you as like something is wrong. Something has, and what's crazy is so many people that I knew that had fathers in the home did not have fathers. Like dad was in the home, but he wasn't present, you know? And so there's a deeper issue. It's deeper than the single woman. It actually has nothing to do with women. If anything, women are doing the work. The fact that the mom steps up and takes care of the children should be a testament to the beauty of society. Yet we beat women down and say, oh, you didn't do enough. Like, it's crazy to me. And so, I don't know. I think seeing that growing up, I just realized that men could not be my focal point. They were never going to be my grounded point. I needed to ground myself. And I would much rather live my life in that vein and die alone if that's what it if that's where that takes me than to have tumultuous up and down relationships with men who don't like me. Because let me tell you something, dating a man that does not like you is the most dangerous thing you can do. Um I've been there. And it, well, the thing is is that they do like you. They love you actually. Um it's like a really convoluted type of attraction because it's like they love something about you and then it kind of goes into like possession. They want to possess it. And so that's scary, right? Because it's just like, ooh, 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 ooh. Um, you can't take this from me. Like this is who I am. And I think they end up resenting themselves, but they project it on you. So like I've been in one of those messy relationships and I was really young too. I was like 16, So um, that was a lot to be dealing with in high school. But let me tell you something. When you disconnect from that, ooh, the freedom, the freedom. And that's like the green flag that you're doing what's best for you if you feel free. So anyways, wow, I wasn't expecting to go into all that. But I think my recap of this podcast is if you're um, a single girl or a woman who is just doing what you want to do in life and you're trying to exist and thrive right now, that is more than enough. Um, you don't need to do anything else. Like that's it. They, the men will come, the men will find you, the right men will show up and they'll stay. Everything else is just, it is what it is. You know, that's where I'm at right now. I, I'll, I might be somewhere different tomorrow or the next month, but I think right now I'm realizing that like, I can't control anything. You know, detachment is, has been a good practice for me lately. And so not saying it's easy, not saying I've mastered anything, but certainly, um, certainly women can relax. I I don't know. I just feel like women, there's something about the women in my life and the women that I know that just exude confidence. They exude everything that is good with the world. And somehow, some way, 
a man has come along and tried to convince them that they suck or something. And I don't know if it's just because I'm in the early 20s. Maybe this is just like an early 20s pattern. <laughs> but ooh, I hope it passes over me because I don't want that. <laughs> I That is so draining. Um, very draining. Like my puppy dog first love was draining. So I, I can't like, no, mm-mm. I'm like, stay away from me. If you don't like me, stay away. And you can tell. That's why I advocate for friendship because you can tell it goes from like lust. It can go from like lust to like attraction to like they appreciate you to I resent you very, very quickly. And um, yeah, that's just what's on my mind this Valentine's Day that is kind of darker than I wanted to go. <laughs> but I think it's reality. If you're a girly with no roster in your phone, there is nothing wrong with you. There's this idea that the the hottest women of the world, you know, the girls that are are busy and, and have an interest in their life outside of men, we just have rosters full of men. That's not true. Men assume that we all just have like rosters full of men like ready at our fingertips and they would be accurate in that energy. But I'm telling you, none of us do. The girls that you want that you're intimidated by, we don't have a roster. Like we're at home journaling on the weekends. So um, know that because I feel like that's important, you know, Um, or we can be out. We'll be outside, but we're definitely not uh, thirsty. We're not drooling over this idea of like the Cinderella love story. And so that's something to consider. Especially if you're a girl who is a high achiever and you feel like, what is wrong with me? Why don't I have the guy? Why don't? It's because you're in a really good place. I guarantee it. I almost guarantee it that like if you go to bars and guys, you see them looking at you, they're noticing you, but they're not approaching you. That's a great thing. That's a great energy to be in. And at some point, moves will be made. Like I'm telling you, I don't, I don't even know how I know this because I haven't, I don't make moves, but I just know it. I'm like, that is the least of a concern for a hot girl. Like there are tons of options. The problem is it's not as patriarchal as men think it is, right? Like I don't talk to 40 guys at once. Like, I don't know what they think. They assume they don't approach me because they assume, but there will be one guy who doesn't assume and who will decide, uh-uh. I've got to talk to her now because I'm never going to find anybody else like her. And I guarantee you it'll be great. But until then, girl, I'm getting my degree. I am doing career stuff. And so that's what kind of fills my time. Um, and yeah, yay, Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's Day. I'm like, single, be single. Woohoo, happy Valentine's Day. I know it's like a very contradicting message, but it's the truth. So anyway, love you guys. I hope you have a fantastic Valentine's Day. Do something for yourself. Do something for you this Valentine's. I'm not even kidding. It's a must right now. I can just feel the energy of the universe. Like, please take care of yourself. Okay. All right. I'll see y'all next Friday or Saturday, depending on what country you're in. <laughs> Bye.